lot of people would start their own business because they wanted freedom and autonomy of schedule. Do you get that? Sure. But you also get so much more that you maybe don't bargain for when you're going in just to try and have some freedom from a, you know, a micromanaging boss. So I was trying to help people figure out a way to find happiness in their career without going out on their own and mostly talking to myself. What does success mean to you? How do we continue to define it as life and career changes up? And how do we remain relevant? I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting actions and stories that empower a fluid approach to life, give purpose, and inspire you to reimagine your next. Ready to make a change but not sure where to start? Head over to nextcareerlife.com. Explore your options, get clarity now, and download the free 10 questions. Become a member and connect with the community. Be part of the events. Remember, the magic is in the groups all at nextcareerlife.com. Here at Next, we realize that we move in and out of life and work and we have multi-stages in our life. We're more than one note. And that's why we have all these stories of people who are reinventing and reimagining themselves and how they did it. Sometimes we need a little help, especially if you're looking to transition in career or go back to the corporate world in midlife. It's overwhelming and almost impossible. In fact, two women that I interviewed on my podcast, number 63, The Great Reset, Linda Lottenberg and Judy Schoenberg, know what that's like. And that's what got them to launch Evolve Me, where they come alongside women, helping them to realize their value and how they can get jobs that really utilize all their strengths and skills. They have a tremendous track record and a fabulous program. Go ahead and look at their website, www.evolveme.work, and look at some of the free downloads that you get, a quiz, and a reinvention analyzer. And they're so terrific. Their track record is a wonderful, and they have some great programs. In fact, in the next community, if you decide to go ahead with their virtual group training program, called the Reinvention Collective, you will get a discount at $250. So take a look, see if it's for you. I guarantee you, you're gonna get some results and certainly you're gonna make some great connections. These women are fantastic. Here at Next, we talk about being fluid and being able to move in and out of what we need to do in our life to live our best life. And in today's world, we have to become adept at adapting and charting our own journey in life and career. Well, today's guest, Bailey Hancock, is a catalyst for creating collaborative communities within our lives and in, our, in her work. And she has leveraged the power of the circle. From a long line of experiences, education, community service, and her work, she was able to hone and identify her love for community and collaboration. She successfully launched Collaboration Consulting for Entrepreneurs, and she has had over 100 speaking gigs. Bailey has walked the talk. She will fill us in on her why, where she is now, and what she's excited about in her next. Hi, Bailey. Glad you're here. Hello. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm honored. Um, I just wanted to have the audience get to know you just a bit because you've had a varied experience and, and you've done, you were employee and entrepreneur and employee, and we've got lots of things to talk about, but maybe you could touch on that for the audience so they can better understand you. Sure. 
I'm in about the 15th or so year of post-college career, which is sort of bizarre to be here because I'm like, wait, how, what? 15, 15 years of work experience? That doesn't seem right. Uh, it both feels like 105, you know, all at the same time. But I have sort of popped in and out of entrepreneurship and then going back in house. Um, but mostly, you know, I'd say if there was a through line, I've always followed my curiosity. I've always followed whatever topic or industry or mission I was most excited about at the time. I kind of let that be my guide. And for five years, the last five years, that's meant running my own business and exploring my entrepreneurial side. But as of a couple months ago, I'm back in house at somebody else's company, but still working in community, still working in connection, still working in collaboration. So I've always let that be sort of my through line. So that's great. And so therefore, you know, also too, because of 15 years, you know where you're strongest and then you're just able to kind of reinvent or re-situate and then plug yourself into those things that you exactly. do. Exactly. Um, and so you, you did all these different things and you did a lot of speaking gigs. What did you talk about when you did over 100 speaking gigs? What were your topics that you talked about? It began uh, when I was in one of my last day jobs prior to this, you know, phase that I'm in now, I was really, really, really miserable in my job. I was working at an ad agency. The job on paper was beautiful. It was ideal. It was like doing partnerships between major brands like Warner Brothers and new and emerging tech media companies, startup companies, people doing really interesting, innovative things um, in the innovation department of this ad agency. So I was like, well, that sounds like a dream. I'm not an agency gal. I learned that within about 24 hours of having that job. And <laughs> for the next 362 days, which is how long I lasted there, I was pretty miserable. And so I started trying to figure out a way to pull myself out of this misery and figure out what my next move was. And I sort of stumbled into accidentally creating this workshop series. Um, it was first called Don't Quit Your Day Job, Finding Happiness Without Going Solo. So it was kind of this anti-entrepreneurship <laughs> workshop because I had just come from working at General Assembly, which was a continuing education company for tech business and design skills. And we turned out a lot of entrepreneurs there and it was wonderful. But I also saw the downside of becoming an entrepreneur if you were going into it under the wrong pretenses. A lot of people would start their own business because they wanted freedom and autonomy of schedule. Do you get that? Sure. But you also get so much more that you maybe don't bargain for when you're going in just to try and have some freedom from a, you know, a micromanaging boss. So I was trying to help people figure out a way to find happiness in their career without going out on their own and mostly talking to myself. So I created this structure. The, the point of it was aligning your strengths to a role, your passions and your interests to an industry and your core, made of, core motivators to a company culture. And then mm -hmm. sort of seeing where you landed with that. What happened was I did that for myself. And then I taught this workshop so many times throughout the next year or so, did a ton of speaking gigs on it, was on a bunch of podcasts talking about it. I was calling myself a career happiness strategist. But what my outcome was when I used that formula was, oh, I need to go out on my own. So, you know, in a big <laughs> twist of fate, that's how yeah. it landed. So that's what I was doing when I went out on my own originally. I was trying to help people figure out what to do next in their careers in a way that was really intentional and strategic and thoughtful. And then, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was realizing there's a billion and one, you know, career type coaches and consultants out there. What was my niche? 
And then as I was doing this, I realized I was working with a lot of entrepreneurs through my various networking groups that I was part of, including Bra Network, which is where we met. And people just kept asking me for help doing partnerships and collaborations, which is what my work experience had been in. So in order to help pay the bills, I started consulting on collaboration while doing these workshops and trying to write a book proposal and all of this. And at some point, about I think two years in, I realized that my heart was kind of moved out of the career happiness strategist role and had moved more into this collaboration consulting focus for mostly women entrepreneurs. I was just actually really loving that. And that was where my market was. So I did a little pivot for myself in about year two or three of my business where I went all in on collaboration. So then my speaking and teaching became fully centered around things like how do you grow your community and therefore find potential great partners? How do you leverage partnerships and collaborations to achieve your business goals? You know, how do you consider yourself a professional friend maker like I consider myself? And that became my main subject area and it still remains to be that today. So some of the collaborations you were doing, so that somebody would be uh, growing their client base and then they would find something that is adjacent to them that could mm-hmm. work and that they could share each other's clients. Is that, is that what you're saying? Like in an arc sort of way so that sure. they can both grow. Is that what yeah. they were coming to you for? I'm just trying yeah, to get some clarity on exactly totally. what that was. So let's say, um, you know, I had many clients who were also coaches or consultants. They were looking, of course, for new clients. And so what we would do is we'd kind of take a step back and think, well, why do you want to partner in the first place? I think getting the intentionality down was really, really crucial for me. And so usually it was growth. It was promotion. They wanted promotion. They wanted to grow their client base top of the funnel, email marketing, you know, social channels, all of that kind of growth. So then we would think, okay, what do you have to offer a partner? And generally it would come down to, they could offer co-promotion. They could offer content for the partner in the form of them coming on their podcast or being Mm -hmm. a speaker at their event or writing a great article or downloadable for them. Um, They could barter some of their skills. I had a lot of photographers barter their photography skills for web design or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And then the fourth one was hookups and and opportunities for their network. So Mm -hmm. I could offer some kind of early access to one of my online courses. I could offer a discount. So it was getting really clear on those asks and gives And then it was finding the right partners for them. And really to take it very macro, the right partner is somebody that has overlapping mission, vibe, and audience to you, and then different offerings from you, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously you don't want to partner with somebody that's too similar because Mm -hmm. then you're doing the same thing and you could cannibalize each other's business. But you want complementary services, complementary offerings, and then that overlapping audience, which was the main one. So I really helped my clients think through who were the right people to partner with? What was the right opportunity for us? What was the right ask and give for the two of us? And then how do you structure this in a way that's going to be not only beneficial and impactful, but enjoyable and very clear in terms of expectations, deliverables, outcomes, ROI, all of the technical nitty gritty. So that's what we mostly worked on. And it went really, really well until it didn't. <laughs> and so you were going along and everything was fine and you were enjoying mm-hmm. that and, and talking on it and doing podcasts. What happened? What made you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a change here. It was a long time coming. I would say in year, probably four, mm-hmm. I had my first son, Archie, and 
you know, I don't think before I couldn't have known being pregnant is hard. Being pregnant is basically a part-time job. You're exhausted. Your brain is literally, it ceases to function towards the end. And so I spent, you know, the first half of 2019 pregnant with him and I didn't really do a good job setting up my business so that it kept running when I was out on maternity leave. And I took maternity leave. I felt very, um, I felt that it was very important to actually set aside a few months of time where I wasn't thinking about my business. And I had heard a lot of horror stories from fellow entrepreneurial women, friends of mine, who were sending invoices in the delivery room and not even telling their clients they were having a baby because they didn't want to lose them and things that just felt very old guard, right? Like leftover from a hopefully bygone era. We all know it's not bygone at all, but I wanted something different for myself. Mm-hmm. However, in execution, I didn't set up a an automated system for myself. I didn't bring in help. So when I went to go back to work at the end of 2019, as I was like getting childcare set up for him and carving out time again for my business, it was really slow going. It was hard. Then 2020 happened. So I had just started doing speaking gigs again. I had just started re-emerging into the entrepreneurial landscape and the pandemic hit. And my business pretty much came to a screeching halt because I served entrepreneurs and we were all panicking in the beginning and we were all pivoting and we were all like cutting out unnecessary expenses and peeling back on services we had planned to do. And that directly impacted my business. So that's, that was phase one of what happened. I kept it going as best as I could. Boy, did I pivot. Boy, did I try everything. Exhausted myself, burnt myself out. I'm also postpartum, you know, less than a year at this point, which is just a whole different layer, right? And so come the end of 2020, I was sort of at this point where I was like, okay, is this still working for me as a lifestyle, as a lifestyle, as an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, am I still having fun? is this still scratching the itches? I needed it to scratch when I went out on my own in the first place. I was no longer getting that freedom. I was the opposite of free. I was no longer having autonomy. I was, it was the opposite of that. Everything was just kind of bad, but it took another full year for me to fully come to the decision that I wanted to go back in house. It, during which point I got pregnant again with my daughter, Penny had her in July of 2021. And when I came back from that maternity leave, I had kind of come to the conclusion that I was ready to try something different, that Mm -hmm. the me of five years earlier that made this decision to start my own business wasn't who I was anymore. And that was really hard, but I'm so grateful I did. Absolutely. And you know what, that is pretty much uh, in the nutshell, what I talk about, because women, we don't have linear lives. We have these lives that I call it your thread, like you are taking your thread and weaving it into this tapestry and we have to come in and out of life, just like employer, employee, you know, you're going back and forth, you're doing all these things. And we have to, as women, we have to really embrace the workaround of the adept, being adept at being adaptive. And honestly, going forward, those are qualities that are going to be the star qualities within a corporation or working for yourself because, you know, AI is coming and we have to all become very fluid and adapt. So um, what you did was something that I did very similar. And I realized, oh, all these things, I didn't factor in that I would want to scale my personal life as well. So I wanted to scale my business, but I was trying to scale my personal life and they were on two different planes. Like they weren't 
together. And so I'm talking to young women and women starting out again, like if they've taken a stop, let's design this. Let's not design like fluff pillows. Let's be intentional about what we're doing and bring in that, that life part, that life component. Because Absolutely. we work, we, we, we don't work to live. I mean, we work to live, we don't live to work. You know what I'm saying? So what you're saying completely makes sense. And I was there, I had a whole big old company and went, I can't do both. And I'm not going to not raise my, my daughter. At the time I had my daughter. So, but you are someone that just turned around and created something else for yourself. And you're working within a company that builds communities, right? You're, you're very much, I don't know if we can say the company if you want to, but basically, oh, yeah, yeah. So can you tell us about Mighty Networks and what is that? It, my listeners are like, what, what is that? So maybe you can talk it, a little it, bit about that. It's, it's kind of a joke in my mind, how perfectly suited for this role I am. <laughs> when I made the decision to go back in house somewhere, I knew I wasn't just going to go anywhere. I knew I had to find a company that was going to have a mission that I could really get behind, that was going to have a purpose that I could support. One of the biggest things about going in-house for me was I wanted to feel like I could still achieve my big personal mission, which was basically helping people connect with each other and learn how to collaborate and you know save the world, no big deal, um, but do it in a place where I was well-resourced and where I didn't have to do everything else. Mm -hmm. And when I started the job hunt process, I was very intentional about it. I only looked at companies where I definitely was aligned with the mission and where I knew somebody that worked there or had a very strong connection with somebody that knew somebody that worked there. And that was important to me because I needed to know the truth of what was going to be happening at that company. I wanted real information on what the culture was like, what the day-to-day -day was like, you know, there are so many companies that have these beautiful job descriptions and culture descriptions, and it's all BS, right? Until you're in there. And I just didn't want to go through the hassle of landing somewhere and then having to quit like I did with my last day job at the ad agency. It was great on paper, terrible in reality. So when my friend sent me this job description, mm -hmm. I was already a user of Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks is basically a SaaS platform for creators, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, um, course creators, podcasters, anybody that has a thing that they want to share with the world, but also has a very strong community component. So I had launched the Collaboration Coalition on Mighty Networks, which was my membership community, where it housed my online course. It housed all of my people. It housed all of my content. And then it was a place where we could connect and collaborate with one another and have virtual events and share resources. So I already knew the platform inside and out because I was a user. So she sent me the job description and I was like, oh, well, this is exactly me. There wasn't a single bullet point that didn't match my skill set and my interest. Now in the past, I would have been like, oh, I need to go for a job that would stretch me a little bit, that would challenge me a little bit, where I could grow as a person. I'm not interested in that right now. That is no. not where I am. You that have is two not littles. You have two littles in they your are home. They're so tiny. They are under three. They are currently both screaming right outside my door. And it's just not in my capacity right now for growth. I'm not trying to grow professionally. I'm growing leaps and bounds personally at the moment. Yeah. So this role was essentially a perfect fit for me. And essentially what I do there is I'm responsible for creating strong, strong partnerships with our mighty pro hosts who are mm -hmm. our big time hosts that pay a lot of money for a custom app, as well as the community platform. 
and I support them in building, launching, and running their successful online businesses powered by community. So I help them bring their content, their online courses, their events, and their memberships all together in one place. And I've never felt more competent in a role Mm -hmm. and more excited by it because I'm doing what I was doing before on my own, but in a place where I can just type in a Slack channel. Hey, does anybody have best practices on this? Hey, this host is asking for this information. Where is it? And I'm just immediately given it. (laughs) So it's like, oh, before I would have had to create that from scratch and do a whole thing. It's just such a relief. So I'm very glad. I love that you're saying all this because I think a lot of people, you know, the great, the great, um, you know, exodus from, from work and all of that. It's just been uh, where everyone thinks they're going to go start their own businesses. And I am a lifelong entrepreneur. I'm a big believer in businesses, but I know how hard it can be. And when I was, you know, had children, I switched to something else because I, I wasn't going to make the choice either, or it was going to be, I'm going to do this, but first my children, and then I'll be doing this other thing, kind of, and then I'll build up on that later. But I love that you're saying this because this is, you've kind of, you, you kind of are an entrepreneur. You have Mm -hmm. your own business. You're growing something within the company, which gives you that opportunity. Who knows where this will go? You might take it really far and be a spokesperson doing traveling. Who knows? The thing is, is that you've got the support. You don't have to take care of all of those other, you know, wheels, just your own. And, and it's, it's a great way to play, to be when you are looking at all these other irons in the fire and, and littles in your house. Here at Next, we realize that we move in and out of life and work and we have multi-stages in our life. We're more than one note. And that's why we have all these stories of people who are reinventing and reimagining themselves and how they did it. Sometimes we need a little help, especially if you're looking to transition in career or go back to the corporate world in midlife. It's overwhelming and almost impossible. In fact, two women that I interviewed on my podcast, number 63, The Great Reset, Linda Lautenberg and Judy Schoenberg, know what that's like. And that's what got them to launch Evolve Me, where they come alongside women helping them to realize their value and how they can get jobs that really utilize all their strengths and skills. They have a tremendous track record and a fabulous program. Go ahead and look at their website, www.evolveme.work, and look at some of the free downloads that you get, a quiz and and a reinvention analyzer. And they're so terrific. Their track record is wonderful and they have some great programs. In fact, in the next community, if you decide to go ahead with their virtual group training program called the reinvention collective you will get a discount at 250 dollars. so take a look see if it's for you i guarantee you you're going to get some results and certainly you're going to make some great connections these women are fantastic so um and you can't get that time back no i had to have that moment with myself too where i had to think why am I so hung up on prioritizing my career when my career is going to span easily 40 plus years? I have tiny children for five-ish, you know, and I'll never get this time back. And any mother knows this time is hard as hell. I've, Mm. wow, toddlers are 
the most toxic relationship I've ever been in. Like he is a gaslighter extraordinaire. <laughs> like it is so exhausting on emotional and physical and mental level, but it's equal parts exciting and heartbreakingly wonderful. So once I realized I'm just not in the phase where my career is the top priority, I was kind of able to be a lot more relaxed about it. I was like, oh, it'll be back. My career is not going anywhere. None of my you know, skills that I've gained over the last 15 years and connections I've made, they're not going anywhere. If anything, they're being- Wait, wait. just say that again, because I want the <laughs> young women that I work with who are so afraid that they're going to lose their traction or their stride. Oh. Uh, no, everything you—that's like your your pot pot of gold. Locked you and loaded. Yeah. It's in. It's in you it's forever. In and they get so worried that they're going to just become irrelevant. And it's like, no, you're going to reuse that, repurpose it into something even better. And and you're taking this time. You don't want to have regrets. You do and not want to have regrets. No so. regrets. And motherhood, parenthood, prepares you for so many other things. <laughs> in ways I could have never known. I knew yeah. that entrepreneur on being an entrepreneur prepared me really well to become a mother. Yeah. There's so many crossovers between running your own business and then running a household and, and children. But motherhood has just put everything else in perspective for me. Like if I can operate on very little sleep while being literally screamed at, at like a decibel level unbeknownst to me before in my face in the middle of the night by a tyrant, I can handle any negative client that ever comes my, please come at me. I've handled so much worse now. Time management, I know all about it. You know, prioritization, not a problem anymore. So and going plates in the air all the time. That's or all I how do. How about the workaround? You've got to, on a twist of it, you know, on, a, on just the turn of a dime, you've got to be able to come up with something quick because somebody's oh losing gosh. it and you've got someone yes. that, and you've got, you know, and you've just got to like quick, be really fast and, and come up with things. Exactly. Th those are qualities like, that, <laughs> right? Like right? any company would be lucky to hire people that have that ability the adaptation, the flexibility, the innovation. I think all the time, I'm like, oh my God, I just came up with a quick solution on the fly that was kind of brilliant. <laughs> like I would have never had to come up with on the job, but in my home, I have to. And going back to the skill sets, having that already in you, the, the beauty of the day and age in which we live is people have a very short attention span, which means even if you think you're going to become irrelevant, even if you take time out, you, you know, sidestep your career for a little bit, live with your children and survive for a few years, like that's not going anywhere. And also all it takes is when you decide to go back in house, when you decide to start looking for jobs, like I just did, all you have to do is start telling people what you've done lately. Right. So like for me, I had kind of taken a little pause with both of my kids right after they were born, but I still had years of experience that I could point to in my cover letter and resume. I still could spin up a new you know, project if I wanted to real quick uh, to be able to showcase my current abilities, that they haven't gone rusty, that I can still you know, bring this great skill set to the table. So if you're worried about that, just don't because it's not I, Yeah, I think, I think that people just go, oh, they, they tend to forget what they've accomplished, what they've done very you know, easily and, and keep that like top of mind because you, we are, like I said, you're ahead of the curve Bailey, because, because we're going into, you know, artificial intelligence and a lot of things are going to go by the wayside, but these soft skills, 
those are going to be so invaluable. So if we're, if we're doing all these things, collaboration, um, having to deal and communicate with a toddler, being able to properly communicate and hold boundaries and all of those things. I mean, it's just really, I think it's the time for women. And I think women have to stop thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to stay up with, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, that was the old way. I think we have to sell these, these, these traits and skills and say, I've got all this going on and I'm still not insane yet. (laughs) I mean, it's a very thin line, but in in my interviews, I, it was funny because I stopped myself at some point and I thought, am I leaning too hard on the parenthood card in these interviews? And then I was like, no, this is just your reality right now. Anytime a question came up, uh, that I could loop in what I had been doing as a parent as well as as an entrepreneur for the last few years, I took the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm excellent at managing things because I've been managing you know, this home. I've been managing my children's schedules and I've been figuring out things on the fly. You don't know what you don't know about parenthood until you're in that phase. Like I on a dime had to learn how to freaking potty train still in the process, by the way. So send your thoughts and prayers, but <laughs> everything like that, right? It's like, you don't know about it till you need to know about it. And there's right. no better skill to acquire than quickly being able to dive in and understand how to do something and then turn around and teach it. My God, that's a skill that you can't learn in school. Like that's, that's invaluable. It's on the job training. And I (laughs) talked a lot about it in my interviews. I was unapologetic and transparent about my experience and then what I was looking for in a new job too. And it, it did me right. It got me in the exact right place. Well, that's pretty exciting. I think that was smart for you to be so candid about your experiences and also the, the, it was, it was brilliant that you tied it into your past experience and what you're doing now, and it's only broadened your abilities to, to do more. Um, I wanted to ask you about the two podcasts. Why did you have two podcasts? It was to do with that pivot I made about halfway through my business, where I went uh-huh. from careers to collaboration oh, focus. Uh-huh. So the first podcast was just called The Bailey Hancock Show. And I was like, all right, well, this will give me the opportunity to talk about whatever I want to talk about, which was true. But from a marketing perspective, it didn't do a whole lot of good, right? Because it doesn't tell you anything about what I'm talking about. But I think I did around 50 some episodes of that podcast where I interviewed people about their career trajectory and lessons learned and all of that. And I loved it. Talked to some amazing people that are still my friends to this day. And then the second podcast was collaboration focused. So that was called Stop, Collaborate and Listen. And that was amazing too. I think I did a hundred and maybe 10 or so episodes of that one. And I actually just recorded a final episode that I haven't published yet to just sort of give people an update on where I am and where I'm, I'm hoping to be in the future. And there's a new podcast that's kind of circling me. That's like tapping me on the shoulder as well as a new community and a new focus because I am who I am. You can take the girl out of the business, but the business and entrepreneur is still inside the girl. So yeah, I love that you can sort of switch up podcasts like this. You know, you can like have a show that talks about one thing and then have a different show that talks about another and nobody's going to care. They'll be like, I, sure. I think women are so good at doing podcasts because first of all, we're, we're like slipping in a podcast while we're getting some exercise going or cleaning the house or doing an right. errand or whatever. And we're always like trying to hear something like, oh, I learned, oh, I like that conversation. So I think women are perfect at doing the podcast, you know, hosting them as well as they're the ones that probably listen the most, I would totally assume. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you have this, um, what was it? Ambition recovery. That's the um, thing that's been tapping me on the shoulder lately. Yeah. Let's talk about that. 
ambition recovery, I don't even know where the words came from, but I would say that 2020 broke me emotionally, mentally, financially, all of the ways in exactly the way I needed to be broken. 2021 was about sort of filling in those cracks, right? Filling in the broken cracks with new information, new understandings. I All of my books that I read, podcasts I listened to uh, in 2021 were all around burnout. They were around patriarchy stress disorder. They were around, mm. you know, these concepts of all the ways in which we were trained to be productive little worker bees and overachievers and all of the things that so many of the people in my life are. And it was sort of a reckoning for me. It made me start to question my beliefs on all of it, on work and achievement and ambition and drive and productivity and all the things that I thought were defining factors in my personality and who I am. I started realizing that they actually weren't preloaded concepts in my my body. They were things that were given to me and told to me and and just the surrounding pervasiveness of capitalism and patriarchy and all of the things that we're all starting to become aware of. I was looking around going, oh, so what is mine and what was handed to me? And I'm a naturally driven person. I'm a very mm-hmm. goal-oriented person. I love organization and I love productivity and I love all those things. But I started to tip more towards the toxic level of ambition over you know, my entire life, really. And when I took a step back and in 2021 started becoming aware of all of this, I, I really dug deep and was like, okay, well, who am I if not a type A overachiever people pleaser? Who am I without those things? And 2022 so far has been an unlearning, a De, you know, deconstructing. The way that I described it was mm-hmm. all of these thoughts and beliefs to me were like, everybody has a drawer where there's like a tangled mess of necklaces, right? There mm-hmm. you're just, oh crap, I got to sit down with a safety pin one day and just, you know, take all these apart. They're all knotted up. All of those thoughts and beliefs felt like the knotted up necklaces to me. And I was mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle of that knot. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what of this do I want to keep? What of these make sense for me? What if these are benefiting me today, not me of 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. And so this year has been about kind of stripping it down. And ambition recovery came to me as essentially what I'm doing. I'm recovering from a lifetime of toxic ambition and toxic productivity. And now I'm trying to figure out who I am without that and who I want to be in the next 20 years because this starting place is completely different than my starting place at 18 as oh it should gosh. be. My God, the difference in Bailey of today and Bailey of then is my monumental. So ambition recovery to me is what do we want to put back in the drawer, right? Like what, what things that we've carried with us do we want to continue to carry and what do we want to leave behind? And I'm thinking at it, of it, thinking of it as a recovery because to me recovery is sort of a a resting place it's a you know I've been describing myself as like a hummingbird that finally found a little nest to rest in been flapping my little wings for my whole life and I'm just taking a little respite you know and I have no doubt that I will once again go out there and be busy busy Bailey B again but right now I'm just trying to 
make a, you know, sort through all of this mess and decide what's going to come with me. I'm recondoing my whole personality and my work ethic and all of that right now. So I love that. And you know what the thing is, is you're doing what I call the edit. You're just really doing the edit and you've learned the edit and that you've got a full life and that's a good thing. And I, and I always say what we wanted five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe isn't what we want now, how we define success now is different than then. So we always have to be really intentional. I always put design in there, designing it, being really intentional about really what's at the top of our priority list, what we really want, you know, what's important for us. And then go from there, almost like concentric circles. If we got that part really clear, then all those other things, they could be disrupted. And we're like, oh no, I'm still good. I exactly. really am clear here what I'm, what I At want, what's core. important. Yeah. So I just love that you've done all this and that you you um, can just, you're moving so fluidly in and out of different things and really clear. Um, can you just go over your process once again for people who are like, gosh, you know, I really do want to go back into work, but I want to, I want to use what she did. So you said that you had three different parts that you would do to get a career that you like. So mm-hmm. could you go over that one more time for the, yeah. the, the skills that they might want to employ? Absolutely. And it is, isn't it so beautiful that something I created now, gosh, seven years ago as a way out of a job that I didn't love, I thought it was going to be the thing I wrote a book about and taught and spoke about on international stages. I moved on from it because it no longer made sense for me to, to focus on. And now here we are and it's back. It never left. If that's not a perfect example of something that you created coming back into play later, then I don't yeah. know what is. So it was aligning your strengths to a role. So for me, I knew that I'm a super connector. I care deeply about community and connection and helping people find ways to support one another. I always refer to it as collaboration. Um, and so for me, I was like, okay, I need a role that allows me to do that as, as a job function. Um, I, then the next step is aligning your interests to an industry. So again, I care deeply about entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs. I care very deeply about membership communities and communities at large because, again, that supports my my goal of connection and collaboration. So I knew I needed to find an industry or a company that focused on that. And for me, Mighty Networks was absolutely that. And then the third part was aligning core motivators to a company culture. So like, what do you care about? What motivates you as an individual? And that changes a lot I think frequently. There are definitely core motivators that everybody has, like the desire to have autonomy and and freedom in what you do. That's kind of a core principle. But there are things like remote work. That matters a lot to me right now. I don't want to go to an office and miss seeing my daughter crawl for the first time. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that option back when I went out on my own. Remote work was not a thing really. So that was a driving force in me going out on my own it is no longer a thing that you can only get being an entrepreneur. So I knew that one of my big motivators was remote work. I still wanted that autonomy because I've just been working for myself for five years. I knew it was going to be maybe a challenge having somebody, you know, oversee what I was doing or having somebody to check in with. So I knew that autonomy and finding a manager that was going to really let me sort of run loose and trust me to do my job was very important. So aligning those core motivators to a company culture I was looking for companies that even in the job description page talked about 
what kind of benefits they offer their employees, unlimited PTO, flex time, remote work. Those were key pieces that I was like, okay, if it doesn't say they do that, I'm not going to apply for the job. And when you combine those three things, the role, the industry or company and the culture, you land on something that actually would be a great fit for you today. And I had a couple yeah. options that, that met all of those criteria, but this is the one that just stood out as the best fit for me. And, and it's the one that I was also the best fit according to them. Yes. And now you said a really powerful word that I like to use is criteria. When you have your criteria, when you're really clear, I think that's it. There's a lot of people go after something, try to fit their love, their lives and themselves into something else. Whereas we have to sort of really look at what our criteria is and see what fits for us. And I, I honestly think now because of the pandemic, it's awful, but we've been given this opportunity to really sort of flex ourselves in, into these roles and be able to do these things and have that ability to, to um, be a little bit more fluid and, and have a little bit more of what we want so that we can continue to work and, and enjoy our lives, which is so important. So well, this, this has, was, oh, so sorry. I just want to say one final thing. This this experience of mine going back in house was such an exercise in being proud of what I have done and being confident and capable of communicating my unique skill set and what I was going to bring to the table. And I've never done the job interview process with this mentality. It's always been very one-sided and always leaning more towards the company, yeah. um, me wanting to be who they wanted me to be. Exactly. It was always me doing the tap dance saying, I can be whoever you want. I exactly. will cram myself into this role. Yeah. This time I did it the opposite. I was like, how are you going to fit into my life? How are you, are you going to be able to support the things that I find really important to me right now? And it was a little scary to do that. I'll be honest, but I thought of it in terms of the big picture and I'm like, look, do you want to land somewhere that's a great fit for what you actually need and want? Or do you want to find yourself in another situation where you've just sold them on a person that doesn't actually exist? Now you have to play that role. Who has the time for that? No I just has don't the time anymore. Or the bandwidth anymore no for thanks. that. No yeah. thanks. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's just like, you don't want to have to try and fit into something over there. It has to all be, it has to work in life integration. It's key. It's key for women. I, and I know for men too, but I'm, I'm really thinking for women, the great resignation. I mean, we need this kind of thought process for, for, for working. And yeah. whether we're entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, or employees, I, I think we just really have to start with the core, the criteria, and work from there. It's just yes. so key. And if you've been an entrepreneur, you are amazing. You can do so many things. So do not sell yourself short. Do not think that nobody's going to want to hire you because you've been working for yourself. You are such an asset and you just need to see yourself through their eyes. And if it helps having a friend look through all of your experience and point out to you what makes you amazing, fine. I guarantee you, you have more than one person in your life that would do that for you. Um, but you need, you need to hype yourself up. Yeah, exactly. And really, really own your value. Know what your value, what your values are. Well, this has been so much fun. So great. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next, Bailey, because you're definitely a doer. So I wish Thank you the you, best with um, your position at Mighty Networks. And I'm sure we're going to overlap again in the future. No question. Thank All you. Right. Thanks. Enjoying the show? 
You can find the notes at www.elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B or on your preferred podcast platform. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review. Reviews and word of mouth are still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate your support. Until next time.